weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me. Say it, the Lord. Father, we have fallen short of Christ being first in all things. Our churches have fallen short of sanctification and are in need of great repentance. May we, your people, the Israel of God, do our part to repent and ensure that Christ is first in everything in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I will start off by saying this. If they attempted to cover up the resurrection of Christ, there is nothing they will not cover up. Thomas Bollard posts a meme on Gab that says there are no U.S. biolabs in Ukraine. Then it says, okay, we have biolabs in Ukraine, so what? Okay, so maybe we are studying deadly pathogens in Ukraine, but it was for defense. And then the meme ends. We are very concerned Russia is going to find our biolab research. Poland, please help. And then I woke up this morning to a post from Disclose.tv that says Beijing to retaliate with serious response. If the U.S. slaps sanctions on China over Ukraine, Chinese FM spokesman Zhao Lian vows. Well, all I see is that all of this is part of the plan. Every single part of it. It seems to be all very predictable at this point. And it's like America is laying down voluntarily for a boa constrictor. An antichrist boa constrictor. And I have read all this this morning even before I made my coffee. Well, it ain't stopping my plan to preach the word of God today. But before we get there, let me start off with a fun fact. It was on this day 29 years ago that I left for Army basic training. And then I would serve in the same army for 22 years. But now that I know what this country has become, I cannot say that I would do it again under these conditions unless the Lord wanted me to. And I guarantee this. If the Lord wanted me to, to serve in the military under these conditions, it would be solely to preach the gospel. Trinity Forge on Gab replies, I served six years in the Navy from 2002 to 2008, and I agree with you. I don't encourage anyone to enlist now. And I agree very much with Trinity Forge. I encouraged our two oldest sons, and they served in the Army, and they're now out. I haven't encouraged our youngest son yet, who is yet of age. Trinity Forge says, my son is soon to graduate, and I have not encouraged him to join. In fact, I have done the opposite. My only concern is that the world events are going to spiral out of control, and then the draft gets reinstated. I told him if that does happen, then it may be wise for him to join, so at least that he can choose his own path and not allow the military to di dictate his job. And all I can say, my brother, is if God says join, join. Like I said, my career in the Army for 22 years was a mission field. 
I'm just not sure that my youngest son has this type of heart yet, though. So I'll just leave this between him and God. Madney Beth on Gab says, I'm in a similar boat. I was only in for four years, but my husband and I are Marines and come from a long line of Marines. Now it is not an option for my boys. I'm sad that our country is dying. But I have to remind myself, we just didn't know back in the day. The Lord has brought some of this darkness into light. Then I think at some points in my life, patriotism, love for my country was an idol. I still love my country, but I see the warts now. And my only total allegiance is to Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy, she says. And I replied to this dear Christ sister, I do believe that many of our veteran eyes have been opened to exactly what you speak of. E. Hopkins 01 says you're not alone in feeling that way. I think we're on the wrong side of this and it's, it's not worth the lives of our sons and daughters. Yes, my dear sister, I believe we've been on the wrong side for a long time nationally speaking and why we see former Vice President Pence in Israel showing his solidarity with Ukraine as he is at the wailing wall with a little beanie on his head. I saw this post. I sent it to E. Michael Jones, and he says, he replies, he says, what is he doing? Is that some sort of a Nazi salute? Speaking of E. Michael Jones, listen to this clip. Because why is Pence and Israel doing this? Because it's all about the Holocaust narrative. Listen to EMJ. It was all the way back to World War II, where the strategy was to destroy the civilian population, attack the civilian population. These are war crimes. These are war crimes. And the whole Holocaust narrative came into existence as a way of distracting the world from the war crimes that the Allies had committed. The firebombing of Dresden, the firebombing of Hamburg the atomic bomb attack on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and you add to that the behavior of the Russian army, the Soviet army, as it swept through Eastern Europe, raping and pillaging at the, uh, 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 at the behest of Ilya Ehrenberg, the Jewish commissar who called, told the soldiers to, to attack the civilian population. All of these things were weighing heavily on the mind of the world, and it all got erased by the Holocaust narrative where the only people who did anything wrong were the Germans, and then they created this story about gas chambers and so on and so forth. And this, my friends, is why I am not bowing to their Antichrist narrative. McKeith on Gab says you can't be president without going to the wall and wearing the small hat. I know of no president who did not do this. And this, my brother, is all that we need to know. It explains everything. The Holocaust that continues to control the world narrative. And until the word of God, the Logos, controls the narrative, expect the same results from this Antichrist Holocaust narrative that now controls the world as EMJ just had spoken. Just ask yourself, my friends, 
Why does no other acts of genocide in history purport it or not control the world narrative like the Holocaust? Why do people bow down to this narrative and not the narrative of Christ? You want to talk about an atrocity? Let's talk about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ the Lord. And that should be the only atrocity controlling the narrative of the world. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We read today in John chapter 1. We begin the book of John. In verse 3 through 5, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Why do you think that this world continually falls to the propaganda of false narratives? Because they do not know the Logos. The Logos that we read about in this chapter today, the same Logos this Antichrist world defies. The problem is that creation came with order and peace. But when you defy Logos, you get disorder and ungodly fear. Now do you know why I bow to the narrative of Christ and the narrative of of Christ alone? The problem for these antichrists is that they have laid down too many of their antichrist cards all at once. People are starting to see through it and soon they will have to fold because of their arrogant overexposure. And yes, each card has been dealt and propagandized by the mainstream media to include the Holocaust. Then their wars then their race baiting, then their homo globo, then their gender confusion, then their jabs, then their insider casinos called stocks. And now Ukraine and Russia as they attempt to cover up only God knows what. Today we read in Exodus chapter 19 verse 3 through 5, And Moses went up unto God. And the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then you shall be peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. This covenant is none other than the faith that endures to the end. And I want us to see two important phrases in this passage. The house of Jacob and the children of Israel. These are important phrases not to be confused with the house of Israel, which often refers to the non-elect as well with the Israel of God, who is the elect. In this passage, the elect of God are being spoken to. They are the children of faith a faith that endures to the end, a peculiar people whom Christ fulfilled the covenant for. Again, none of which is to be confused with Antichrist Israel, Esau. Verse 6, And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children 
of Israel. Now, if you are new to my Christ work, you will see and you will learn quickly that I address the big and small pictures in Christ. Because it is here that we learn of testimonies from the kingdom of priests, the holy nation that is all about Christ and Christ alone. Bible Bicket on Gabby just shared with me an awesome small picture community testimony. He just completed trucking school and he earned his CDO on the first attempt, which we prayed about. Praise the Lord. He then was blessed to be able to purchase a rig. He then named his trucking company CF in the title. This has caused four people to question him. What is CF, including the company he bought the truck from and his insurance company? Bible Bigot was then able to speak about Christ for up to 45 minutes with each of them. Why? Because CF stands for Christ first. And this I find to be an awesome title for today's episode. CF number 69. And if you do not know Christ, how do you expect to know what is Antichrist? E. Michael Jones in another video that I came across said sodomy and usury is the one-two punch that can knock out any nation on the face of the earth. And what do we see? Exactly that which is predominant in America because Christ surely isn't. Sodomy and usury is on a pedestal. How do you expect to understand this quote from EMJ without Christ? without the Logos that we read about today, because only the elect respond with genuine love, devotion, and obedience to the perfect order, which is none other than the Logos, which is none other than the Christ. Verse 8, And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord hath spoken we will do. And Moses returned to the words of the people unto the Lord. But the mistake that these so-called Christian Zionists make is that they fail to understand this remnant, this elect that's set aside, that are kingdom priests, the Israel of God, that are within a nation called Israel that includes Antichrist Israelites. What they don't understand is that it would be like calling all Baptists God's people, when clearly there are many unregenerate pedophiles who call themselves Baptists. And that is just one category of degeneracy in the churches. And I say this for now anyways, because the reapers are coming. All of the so-called Israel does not shout all that the Lord has spoken we will do. Many shout, if not the majority, we will accomplish all that we have established. That will we do. So there must be a third day reckoning. If any of this Antichrist business is going to change, verse 11, and be ready against the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And I'm here to tell you today that the third day has always had great significance. 
And right now there is only one final barrier that separates Christ from his people, and that is death. Many of us will soon cross this bridge. Others will hear the last trump and meet him in the air. Verse 12 through 13, And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that you go not into the mount or touch the border of it. Whosoever toucheth the mount shall be surely put to death. There shall not a hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through, whether it be beast or man. It shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. So, so much for your opera-style music being the exclusive music of God. How about this? How about the whole music spectrum belongs to God? To include the loud noises that crash upon this earth, declaring Almighty God. Verse 19, when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake and God answered him by a voice. So many are concerned about what genre of music is played in churches instead of the sanctification of the church itself. Verse 22 says, And let the priests also which come near to the Lord sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break forth upon them. The American church has failed to sanctify itself. The Lord's breaking has begun, and it will be accomplished. The same almighty and powerful Lord declares himself as we begin this book of John today. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Here we see one of the greatest Trinitarian proof texts as the Son is declared to be the one true God. Yet we also know that the Father and the Holy Spirit is the one true God. Hence the great and almighty Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the one true God. Verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Word in the flesh. And why He is begotten? Because of this flesh, as He was born of a virgin. But as for him being the Son of God. This Son of God always existed with the Father and the Spirit with no beginning and no end. The Son of God has always been the mediator between man and God. Anytime that man met God in the Old Testament, it was the Son of God. Anytime that man meets God today, it is the Son of God, Jesus Christ the Lord. 1 Timothy 2.5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, the only begotten Son of God. Jesus came to the vessel called Israel, the vessel that he was born from, the vessel that he was begotten from, and the Antichrist received him not. In verse 11, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But some of Israel did. And these people are the elect. They are the Israel of God by faith. 
Verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Again and again and again, the covenant is fulfilled, and the Israel of God has been redeemed. Quit believing the Antichrist. Quit believing that they are going to be forced to believe in some other fictitious covenant. You disgrace God and his redemption with this theology because all of salvation is of God. Belief, repentance, and works is all of God. And it's called faith. Guess what? It came to the Jews first. Verse 13, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now my question is, friend, are you born again by faith? A faith that is not to be confused with backwards Christian Zionism that teaches that Jesus is redeeming the Jews last when the truth is he redeemed them first. John was one of the first Israelites to experience the fruition of his faith in Jesus Christ. He's seen Jesus physically and spiritually as salvation first came to the Jews. We read in 31, 34, John 1, And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw, and I bear record, that this is the Son of God. John preached the gospel. And then what happened? More Jews followed Christ. Verse 36 through 37, And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. So how about allowing Jesus to make it clear as to what a true Israelite is? As he does in verse 47, Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Why was there no guile? Because Nathanael was an Israelite of faith. Verse 48 through 49 Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip calleth thee, when thou wast under the fig, fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. And I too am just one voice among many, crying the same, that Jesus indeed is the Son of God that Jesus indeed is the King of Israel. John the Baptist was rejected by the religious establishment, and so have I. They cannot bear the message we preach. Verse 23, he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. Behold the Lamb of God. Verse 29, the next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which take away the sin of the world. 
This is the same Lamb of God who is soon coming back as a lion to judge the sin that has not been forgiven by his blood. Hear him, O Israel, if you have an ear. Job 36.22 Behold, God exalted by his power, who teacheth like him. Psalm 69 Save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I am come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary of my crying. My throat is dried. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. They that hate me without cause are more than the hairs of mine head. They that would destroy me being my enemies wrongfully are mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. O God, thou knowest my foolishness and my sins are not hid from thee. Let not them that wait on thee, O Lord of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. Let not those that seek thee be confounded for my sake, O God of Israel. Because for thy sake have I borne reproach, shame hath covered my face. I am become a stranger unto my brethren and an alien unto my mother's children. For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that was to my reproach. I made sackcloth also my garment, and I became a proverb to them. They that sit in the gate speak against me, and I was the song of the drunkards. But as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord, in an acceptable time. O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me in the truth of thy salvation. Deliver me out of the mire, and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me and out of the deep waters. Let not the water flood overflow me, neither let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. Hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, and hide not thy face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Draw nigh unto my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of mine enemies. Thou hast known my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. My adversaries are all before thee. Reproach hath broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness, and I look for some to take pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. They gave me all gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Let their table become a snare before them. And that which should have been for their welfare, let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened that they see not, and their, make their loins continually to shake. Pour out thy indignation upon them, and let thy wrathful anger take hold of them. Let their habitation be desolate, and let none dwell in their tents. For they persecute him who thou hast smitten, and they talk to the grief of those whom thou hast wounded. Add iniquity unto their iniquity, and let them not come into thy righteousness. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living, and not be written with the righteous. But I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O God, set me upon high. I will praise the name of God with a song, and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hoofs. The humble shall see this and be glad. And your heart shall live that seek God.
For the Lord heareth the poor and despiseth not his prisoners. Let the heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moveth therein. For God will save Zion and will build the cities of Judah, that they may dwell there and have it in possession. The seed also of his servants shall inherit it, and they that love his name shall dwell therein. I pray that this episode of Gospel was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.